Hey Andy, I'm just making some tea. Do you want something? Or oh, you're still at the ladder, I see. How's the how's the gutter cleaning going? Oh, hi, Drunk. Yeah, I'm just just guttering away, you know. <laughs> Classic. Is it? I mean, how is it really mucky up there? I thought it got oh, yeah. out of the rain. Oh no, yeah. Um, well, basically, I, I wasn't planning on doing this with my uh, with my weekend, but uh, the smell from from down below was was so appalling that I decided to get out the ladder and see what was up here. And uh, it's it is, disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's pungent. I can, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm going to close the door in a minute, actually. So, uh, yeah. Have you ever seen uh, the rotting carcass of a badger? Uh, not not frequently, but I think I can picture it. Well, it, well, it's like if you got that and then mashed it together um, oh. with some gravy and, and a little bit of, of vomit. Is that what you got up there? You you found a dead badger? No, I'm just kind of. I don't know what it is to be honest. I'm kind of digging through it. Oh, just oh, just God, throw some down at you there. Oh, get uh, off my hands. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so Sorry. much. Oh, what yeah, is that's, this? That's right. oh, it's it's all black. Oh, there's, there's something in the middle of this. Hang on, let's clear it away. Oh, that's just great. What is it? Is it dead? Oh is it rotting? God. What? It's the Hypotheticals podcast. Gravity on Earth suddenly just kind of stopped. So, just, hmm. just stopped working. Like, you woke up one morning, walked out, going back to daily business, you know, shopping, and then suddenly, oh, the shopping cart's floating away after you pushed it. You're floating. <laughs> Everyone is floating. That would be a shock, wouldn't it? I mean, what's happening to the <laughs> produce on the aisles, I think, would be my first question. Are those peaches getting bruised? <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? It wouldn't be good, would it? The, the supermarket would be chaos. <laughs> all the all the all the, the staff at Sainsbury's frantically pushing themselves off off the walls to try and save the peaches. Yeah, yeah. All they know is shelf stacking, and yeah. now the the stacked stuff won't stay stacked on the shelves. They would have a job for life, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just continuously, yeah, twenty four yeah, hours yeah. a day, they'd be restacking the same shelves over and all over the, again. All the overtime you want to work. Yeah. It's like a dream come true, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have worked in a supermarket, and it's awful. Um, I don't appreciate that joke. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I think it would be, it would change quite a lot of the dynamics of of society. You know, just a little bit. A smidgen. Like this is assuming that let's say the atmosphere doesn't bleed off into space or whatever. You do have to make some assumptions, don't because you? otherwise, and obviously, everyone would just die. And I'm pretty sure the planet would fall apart. Yeah, it'd be like gravity. kind of um, what's that film where everything just explodes and there's lava and stuff? Uh, is Michael Bay involved? I think it's 2012. Was it that one? Oh, one of the like apocalypse type. Yeah. I remember I that when, when that was relevant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty eleven. I saw the trailer, and I feel like that is all I needed to see. So. I think. Yeah, I never saw it either. Hmm. Um, Listen, here's the real question. I think I, I might be repeating myself from uh, an earlier similar question that also plagued you. Um, hmm. So as as we dig down through these layers in your psychology, we're we're finding some repeating patterns, and I think the first the first issue I would have with this is is the one of time zones. You say right. you wake up one morning. You're pushing a shopping cart through Sainsbury's as you do first thing when you wake up and gravity stops working. Is it mm-hmm. same time all over the planet? Or yeah, well, like, it's got it... to be, hasn't it? Yeah. Gravity is a, it's a, you know, it's a global, if not universal, uh, phenomenon. <laughs> Probably, if, as far as we know. If it stops working, it's not going to be like, oh, well, I'll stop at, uh, I'll stop at British summertime and uh, I'll expand <laughs> out from there. I don't Greenwich. know how many liberties we're taking here with the rules. I mean, you've already said we get to keep the atmosphere, so oh, I mean, what if... Don't be ridiculous, get... Adriana. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, that was that was dark. Okay, so gravity's not working, and it happens just like that. Because hmm. I think what the, initial, the initial casualty count would be quite hmm. high. Because oh, everyone yeah. who's outside, and not in kind of a, an enclosed environment, would just float off into space. That would be... I think, yeah, no, that's that's a nightmare. Although, actually, having said that, this is this is raising something I was going to raise uh, later on. The fact that you can basically propel yourself around just with gusts of air. Uh, yes. Now, where are you going with that? Because I can think of one very humorous way to propel yourself around. <laughs> what would that be, Adriani? <laughs> I mean, by blowing with your mouth, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's very yeah. humorous. That would be possible. Also, I, I believe, like, perhaps if you were drifting off at a, at a gentle pace... Uh, my rudimentary understanding of physics suggests that if you were to take clothes off of yourself and throw them in the opposite direction, <laughs> you would drift back to Earth, right? You would have a very sexy, sexy time. 
<laughs> yes, you would. And you would be saving your life in the process. So exactly. the best of all possible worlds. Yeah. So you'd have lots of floating naked people. Um, yeah, nudity is strength. Yeah. And then yeah. this also, in a broad context... <laughs> They'd be uh, unencumbered, really agile. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. In the long term, how would transport adapt? Let's say you've got a colony of humans who've survived just by being indoors. Because <laughs> they were inside so, Sainsbury's at the time. And yeah, they were inside so, yeah. the, last, uh, the last sanctuary of humanity is just Sainsbury's. Um, yeah, or Walmart. Those things are huge, right? I've never been, but yeah. I gather they're massive. You lived out there. I did. They have guns there. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't and, need guns and, in a supermarket? <laughs> and s'mores and fluffinata sandwiches and whatnot. You'd yeah. be fine inside of Walmart. Exactly. If you've got guns, <laughs> nothing can stop you. Yeah, well, that's further tribe wars that we <laughs> presumably begin. <laughs> well, they'd anyway, break out between sport. rival supermarkets, wouldn't they? You know, yes, Walmart or rival versus... aisles within the same supermarket. Oh, my gosh. Right? How does how it would do make for change? great um, for great laser tag if there was no gravity? Yeah, because I mean, I don't know what happens to bullets in no gravity. They have a lot of propulsion. To be fair, they're probably fine. Hmm. I don't know yeah, that any true. part of a gun relies on gravity. No, they go a lot further actually because there wouldn't be anything pulling them down. Yeah, I don't think bullet drop isn't really an issue until you get very long distances. But especially they, not, they... especially not in laser tag. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably fine. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be the best. But you could have three D laser tag. Like you could, you could just push yourself upwards. Like all the corridors yes. would go all the ways. And presumably, construction in general would be would it be easier because you could just build up as far as you want. Oh, it'd be so easy. But then again, concrete wouldn't really work, would it? I don't know because so you can't. You wouldn't be able to brick lay in the traditional sense because. I've I've never laid a brick. I'll be honest. Well, presumably uh, bricklaying would be okay because you've got you've got the cement and it kind of sticks. Are they reliant on gravity or does it stick immediately? Is it like a super glue? It's not immediate, but it's like a bit of adhesion, so it should be okay. But with, okay, yeah, because yeah, with concrete, you're just kind of pouring it, and you yes. need to wait for it to set. Right, but you, because it's not sticky, you can handle it safely, right? So you could create. A space for it to be in, as okay, presumably that's true. they already do with like wood panels or whatever, and you can just push it in there. Jobs are good. Yeah, but they would float out the top, wouldn't it? Oh, unless yeah, yeah no, it might. Yeah, have that. you just put a thing over the top, like. Oh, that's true. It's not going to have much speed. Just push it back in. It wouldn't yeah. be easy. I suppose your buildings don't have to be very strong either, because there's no gravity, so you could just build them out of whatever. Yeah, I guess the weather would be gone, right? No more rain, because that's crazy. Oh yeah, rain. <laughs> yeah, no one would would die first. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of there'd be a lot of problems. Like oh, the ocean would oceans? just leave. <laughs> yeah, good, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> but we've said we're keeping the atmosphere, so can we keep the ocean too? Oh yeah, let's keep the ocean. The ocean's yeah, fine. it's more like what if uh, what if gravity stopped happening? What if it stopped being applied to people? Yeah, I suppose so. But then, does it also apply to things like trains? Because trains very much rely on gravity to oh, uh, do, keep them on the rails. Cars, <laughs> big fans now, of gravity. They do, they they do have magnetic levitation trains, right? Where like the train hovers because it's got a repulsive yeah. magnetic field. What you just flip that, just keep it down. Uh, like a kind of like a hyperloop. Uh, sure, man. Whatever, whatever that is. It's it's a it's a theoretical. Con- well, it's what they're trying to build. Elon Musk is. Uh, so it's like an enclosed vacuum, and you put like a kind of train inside, and with maglev, just kind of fire it. It's cool. Oh wow! Like a railgun, but with people in. Kind of, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> you're, on, you're on board right now. <laughs> yeah, literally. This is the first prototype. Bye. <laughs> the way I see it, most things would have to become submarine-like, right? You need yeah. you need aircraft, but not conventional aircraft, because that relies on gravity and normal airflows. Mm. So it depends whether the atmosphere behaves as it always has done, or whether everything's just nonsense and you need a vehicle that can go in any direction. Yeah, I suppose you just attach fans to all sides of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Just a fan orb. Yeah, and then you can just like fly around. <laughs> you, I mean, how complicated would it need to be? Is the thing because without gravity, like, you wouldn't need that much fuel. You don't need to generate that much power. So no. you could get desk fans and a car battery. Yeah, and an office chair. You could get some serious speed going as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire extinguisher no in a pinch. Oh, you, mm. you still got air resistance. To be fair, so. Yeah, but you just get a top, uh, something, some like a sheet of plywood. It wouldn't be that big a deal. I feel like just it would be just, breezy. Just launch yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be quite fun. I, I feel like the first few years before there's any kind of regulations, because you know half the government's floated off into space on the way to work. 
Right, along with everyone else. A particular, I feel like the older generation would be the first to go. Like, no, no, you know, nothing against them. I'd be very sad to see them go. But they're more set in their ways, you know. Yeah, I feel like struggle if to anyone keep up with technology. Gonna... If, you, if you start taking away gravity, they'll be like, what's going on? Well, exactly. Like, what is the, I can touch the screen of my phone and now I'm no longer pulled down towards the Earth's <laughs> core. Like, this is too much to cope with. I'm off in space. Goodbye. <laughs> I feel like there's a real danger. So we'd have to get over that culturally. Yeah, um, as a people. What about sports? So a lot of sports. Oh man, we always come back to sport. A lot of sports rely on gravity to function. Uh, yes, snooker. Um. <laughs> that is the first sport I would have thought of as well. Absolutely, <laughs> snooker, the world's favourite sport. Everyone... Only possible with gravity. It's true. Sad um, but true. Unless you do three D snooker. Oh man, you just blew my mind. Yeah. How does that work? Well, it's, you're inside it. You're, you're like, it's a, a cube, and you're inside, and you have to put the balls. In a cube? Yeah, so each corner is, is a hole, essentially. Oh, man. But you're inside it, so the balls can bounce off you. Yeah, you, you need to be very uh, careful. Is that a foul? Like, how do they arbitrate that? That's a foul, yeah. you gotta, you got oh, to anger man. yourself right. you got to dodge. Is your opponent in there too, or do you, just, <laughs> do you have your own cube? Uh, oh, maybe you could, yeah. If your opponent's in there, you're, you're trying to hit your opponent. It suddenly becomes a lot more physical. Oh man, like a, a contact version of snooker. I yeah, think this is what has been missing this whole time. <laughs> we need to make snooker more lethal. I think. Yeah, and you score points by hitting them. Yeah, <laughs> and no matter how they try to dodge, you can bounce something in there. I'm sure these players are very accurate. I like that. See, a lot of sports, sadly, I think would be harder to adapt. But I, I tell you what, squash. You're already oh in a box, gosh. right? Squash yeah. works. Yeah. Be, I mean, it probably wouldn't actually be that different, would it? No. If anything, you'd have more speed on the ball. It wouldn't be getting dragged anywhere. Yeah. So just take yeah. them out all over the place. That would be terrifying. It already does. Squash is. Yeah, I mean, is crazy. one of the the main things about squash though is that um the the play ends when it touches the floor, like it mm. bounces and it touches the floor. Right. So without gravity, how's how's that going to work? <laughs> I tell you what. Here's a really like kind of a blanket solution i guess you could apply across the board uh what if you just magnetize everything just magnetize everything so <laughs> the ball has got some ball bearings in it uh and you've got magnets under the floor and maybe they're not super strong but just you know a bit of a tug mm-hmm. that would help for football and stuff as well because i mean football right you kick yeah, that it's gone goodbye <laughs> yeah the minute you leave the ground like you're like oh i'm gonna do a cool bicycle kick but you jumped and oh rookie mistake you're, you're <laughs> off now goodbye <laughs> You had a really promising career, but now you're in space. What are you going to do? It would also make fouls in football a lot more interesting. Right. Can you, ima- can they, you imagine yeah. a slide tackle from like 50 metres away? Oh my god, yes. And if you knock someone over successfully, <laughs> they're gone. That's it. Now, let's be honest. The limiting factor on slide tackles is not actually gravity. It's more the resistance of the mud they're skimming through. Yeah, but this would be slide tackles through the air. Oh, I see. You just, like, angle yourself correctly, kick off, and then just... Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That works. <laughs> another another sport I quite like uh, imagining in this scenario is uh, the high jump. <laughs> yes, long jump as well. It would be like when they kick off in swimming, except nothing would stop you. You just go. You just go, yeah. It would be like an endurance event. How long can you last while continuously being in one jump? Well, the thing is, you'd, air resistance would eventually stop you. Yeah. But oh. you'd have to... You'd have to, so it would just be about how forcefully you could jump. Like drag racing, but for human legs. Yeah, kind of ease yourself over the the Uh, end. Now, here's where I wish we had a physicist, because the Earth is curved, right? Yes. So I might be wildly off, because I don't know how strong air resistance on a human body is. But if you kick off, say you're doing the long jump, right? Say you kick off sideways. Hmm. You're perpendicular to the Earth's, uh, like, you're perpendicular to the Earth's surface. Yeah. But you're not going to go round it, because there's no gravity to make you orbit it. You're just right. going to go straight. Yeah. Is that going to be a problem, or are you going to slow down well before that's ever an issue? I think you'd slow down well before that's an issue. Okay, because that would be a fun record to break. Like, I made <laughs> it, I got my gold medal, but I can never collect it, because once again, like so many before me, I am in space. <laughs> <laughs> you just like join the free, the free floating pile of bodies, just full of full of high jumpers and long yeah. jumpers. <laughs> it would be like um, it would make space travel difficult. I mean, space travel in some ways would be a lot easier. 
but you'd have to penetrate the thick layer of uh, <laughs> people. Would they stop though? Would they ever stop? And if so, why? Oh, that's true. I guess they, in the upper reaches would of the atmosphere, but yeah, it only gets thinner. Yeah, they just go, keep going, like the Voyager probes. Yeah, space travel would be so easy. I mean, you could accidentally become an astronaut very easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, your kids, kids become a liability. They already are in many ways, but <laughs> take gravity out of the equation, and those guys are out of control. Basically, any, any situation like this, we talked about this with the invisibility one. Kids are an absolute liability. They really are. I mean, the the thing about children is they need the fundamental laws of physics. I think it's important for <laughs> discipline and development. You take that away, and all bets are off, my man. When I was a boy, we were disciplined by the laws of physics. <laughs> That's right, we knew exactly where we stood. <laughs> we had no less than 16 fundamental laws, and we obeyed them all minutely, 10 miles both ways. Oh my god. Now, my, my real question is who would adapt best? Because I feel like the net over cities thing, you'd, you'd run into it like, rural areas are screwed, basically. Everything's fields. Your sheep don't know what's up. They're gone. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, if you're a very good farmer, maybe you can still grow crops. I don't know. Well, I don't know how. Uh, this is where the biologist in me comes in. Because uh, without gravity, um, plants get confused. Oh god, I studied... Yeah, they don't know which way's up anymore. Yeah, so they don't grow um, up. They just sort uh... of splash about. And, uh, like, the, the root <laughs> and the shoot wouldn't know which, which is which. So you might you might not really be able to grow crops either. That's fascinating. But could you do it hydroponically? Like, what if you... I'm picturing just a sort of a potato orb, like a big glass, like a like a greenhouse, but with no bottom. Yeah. And it's just spuds in there. <laughs> Somewhere in this mess of leaves and roots. Oh, that's You hope fair. for the best. If you, um... Because, you know, in space travel, there's a talk of artificial gravity. So if you want to create artificial gravity, you just spin a spacecraft. And yeah, you set... just spin it, right? Yeah. Super easy and energy efficient. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, um... But, doable, you know, yeah. it, it creates an artificial gravity. So mm. you'd have to create floating farms which spin, and then you plant the plants inside these farms so that gravity oh. still applies. I was forgetting we could actually create our own gravity. That would be kind of a big deal. Maybe we just have loads of floating cities. I like I, Dubai would be first on my list, I reckon. Dubai? They it. Dubai. No, sorry, not Tabai. Although if I could buy a city, I would buy Dubai. <laughs> But how, um, how would they fit in the uh, Burj Khalifa? Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> the tallest, so... tallest building in the world. Oh, I see. Well, they might have to like you know trim some fat, but I feel like <laughs> they. It's who is it? It's them, the Japanese. There's like a few places that are just really pushing the boat out. They're not even pushing boats out. They're pushing land out. They've decided <laughs> the ocean used to have this land and no more. We've decided to make our own islands <laughs> because we're minted and insane. So if they can do that, I can absolutely see them making floating, spinning cities and living as they already do, like kings. I, I quite like the idea that. Um... In Dubai, uh, they're just like, well, we need to make a floating city, but we've got this Burj Khalifa. So they just kind of cut it off, like, at the base and just launch it into space. Uh, that would be, that might be a better option. To seek gravity elsewhere. Like, maybe this, this wasn't a universal plague. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Would the moon still have gravity? Because suddenly that would look very attractive. Oh, the tides wouldn't work if the moon didn't have gravity. Well, uh, let's let's be honest. If gravity stopped working universally, we would have bigger problems than tides. That is true. I'm thinking specifically of the sun <laughs> we just and the fact that we orbit it. Yeah, and immediately. So, yeah, okay. Let's let's say that the the moon is good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that, but that opens up a lot of interesting possibilities, doesn't it? If, if gravity suddenly becomes an incredibly valuable resource, mm. so the moon is covered in, let's face it, worthless rocks far as i'm aware but we've got a lot of soil and water and whatnot and suddenly it's very very light so would it be possible to kind of just bag it up and then you could just sort of jump there right in the right like jump to the moon i realize you would die in the cold depths <laughs> of space like i'm not an idiot but i feel like you wouldn't like making a spacecraft that has to deal with gravity is a huge deal oh yeah right but all you need would be something that could tolerate tolerate exiting the atmosphere at whatever quite genteel speed you were going <laughs> at and could keep you warm and like fed and hydrated for the I don't know how long it would take you to get to the moon at like a much more leisurely speed. But it would be easier, right? <laughs> leisurely stroll to the moon. Well it wouldn't be the what was it, like three days or something with the uh sixty eight mission? I'm assuming um, in that region. Well I think 
but you, what you could do is at the moment they uh, use a lot of fuel just to get out, um, and exactly. they, they don't use that much fuel on the voyage itself. Mm. So you could use uh, ion drives, which are much more efficient but not as powerful. So oh, they're good yeah. for like traveling distances in space. So in that way, you could go quite long. See, this is already more at market than I was thinking, though, because <laughs> the way I see it, you've got to think fast, right? Okay. Unless you're Dubai, they're probably already sat on Ion Drive. They're probably already planning on launching their hotels into space just <laughs> on a whim, I assume. But everyone else, it would be like, okay, we either stay on this gravityless wasteland watching our crops just like grow manically deformed <laughs> and all of our children drift off into space, <laughs> or we make a new life on the moon. Which is suddenly <laughs> just a hop and a skip and a jump away, almost literally. And so I think you would find, you know, local governments being like, you know what, we've got, uh, we've got a Sainsbury's, right? That bastion of uh, civilization. <laughs> we'll just seal her up, make her space worthy, pack everyone in. So there's a lot of canned goods. There's a lot of bottled water. It's all you need for space travel. <laughs> you just have to find a way to insulate the thing and make it airtight, right? Yeah. And then you could get. You could get an old man and his dog to push you off. Like, with no gravity, it doesn't matter anymore. You're forgetting air resistance again. Oh, uh, yeah, shoot. You'd, you could build a cone on top. I don't know. It wouldn't have to be strong. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying, I feel like 99% of the challenge of space travel is just getting off this absurd rock we call home <laughs> with its stupid, stupid gravity. So if you take that away, I, the sky is no longer the limit. To be honest, if gravity suddenly went for people, uh, and we were <laughs> being realistic about this, um, yeah. everyone would just fly through space do that, but... because the Earth is spinning. <laughs> Damn, well that puts paid to a lot of my plans, I guess. <laughs> so all the people inside buildings, you're telling me, would be smushed against their ceilings? Um, possibly, yeah. Um... Or they might just wake up standing on their ceilings. <laughs> Once again, you wake up... <laughs> Pushing a trolley in Sainsbury's, of course. And the world is not as you remember it. Your trolley is now on the ceiling. And more to the point, why did you wake up in Sainsbury's? Alright, Andy, the future. What does it hold? I don't know. You probably don't know. But historically, a lot of people have said that they know. And they've used many different ways for telling the future. I don't have to tell you this, right? Crystal balls, it's a classic. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking Professor Trelawney, right? Prime example. She's got cards. Well, she wasn't very She's... good at it, though, was she? She wasn't. Um, but she did have tea leaves. Mm. Um, palm reading, I think. Those are the main ones that she did. But there's been some crazy ones, right? I'm pretty sure it's the ancient Romans. They used to use bird entrails. Yep. Yeah. They'd have a guy on their boats or whatever. And I assume, I'm I'm going mainly on asterisks here, <laughs> um, but I gather the captain, the captainus or whatever, would be like, hey, are the winds going to change on this insane voyage where we don't have Google Maps, so we don't know how long it's going to take us to get anywhere? <laughs> um, and they would be like, send for the, the future teller, you know, the soothsayer or whatever. And then they'd shoot down a bird, <laughs> seagull or whatever, and then he'd cut it open and be like, well, look at all these guts. I like the <laughs> idea that on a ship. The navigator would be just a guy with Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what they use now. Consult right? the Oracle, and he just got, gets his phone out. <laughs> yeah, I like that. In Roman, I would love to go back to Roman times with a smartphone that, for some reason, still connected to future internet. <laughs> I would love that so much because overnight you would be the most important person in the world. Yeah, they'd be like, "Look at all these cat videos." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know cats could do that. That's, look at this guy jump. It's incredible. Anyway, listen, we're getting off topic. The Sorry. important thing is they used to disembowel birds to find out when the winds would change. Or something. Something, you know, presumably. Yeah. Quite often uh, the ancient Greeks would, would just call off battles because the omens were bad. So they're like, oh, well, can't battle today. Is that real? Yeah, the Spartans did it a lot. They were very superstitious. Uh, superstitious. There we go. I'm not at all surprised. Yeah, stars are a big one, obviously. There's astrology and all the rest of it. So... My real question is, um, because the problem is, tradition's important, right? So a lot of these methods are super old, because you're a lot more credible as a crazy person who stares into a glass orb or whatever, if you say, ah, the ancients have been doing this for thousands of years, and they also took just as many drugs as I'm about to take, <laughs> etc. I'm sorry, I'm bad-mouthing, I'm sure, an extremely serious profession. But I feel like it could use a bit of shaking up. Yeah, get so, some new blood, some new entrails. 
and some new methods. I, I, I'm sure there are lots of exotic birds that we have access to now that they could be disemboweling. <laughs> but more importantly, like what new methods of divination for the 21st century, for the, you know, for the Twitter generation, for the, for the always on, always connected, like new world, what new and fascinating ways could we predict the future? And I don't want to hear about market trends and Google Analytics or whatever. That's boring. That's old hat. I want I want the, the future prediction methods of tomorrow. Okay. What do you got? Right. Um, I quite like this one. So this is clairvoyance. So what you do mm. is you get a bunch of people called Claire and you, you, <laughs> you, you push them off a building. <laughs> and the way that their bodies splat on the ground uh, allows you to tell the future. <coughs> oh, God, you may be ugly there. <laughs> That's amazing. Suddenly, Claire becomes not such a popular girl's name. I mean, <laughs> or through some twist of, like, horrible parenting, would because some parents are very pushy about what they want their children to become. <laughs> you shall grow up to be a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I name you Claire, and you shall predict the weather in about 15 years. <laughs> All the weather forecasters use it too. They've got that map behind them and just Claire's falling. (laughs) As you can see from this liver splatter here. (laughs) uh, That's grim. But no, entrails is a strong strong proposition. Here's the thing. I I like that. You can't get away from the fact that it's a bit cruel. Okay? Yeah, okay. But so it's a little wasteful. So You're what? gonna run out of players eventually. Well, all right, all right, all right. But this is also the age of um, of Whole Foods, mm. of you know militant veganism, of you know environmental consciousness, and and all the rest of it. So, in in some sort of uh, greenwashing attempt, might not some fortune telling corporations um, decide on like renewable entrail sources. And I don't just mean like farming rats or whatever, because you don't want those like cheap, awful futures. You want the bespoke futures that perhaps a colonoscopy might be able to <laughs> unravel for you, right? Because you can take the still living entrails of a of a human being or any you know complex mammal of your choosing, and just have a look at what's going on in there without wow, even just is... taking them apart. You can go so back like a in live there in a study. week. Yeah, and it's always updating. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's very complicated to come up with someone's accurate horoscope. I'm not talking about your, like, magazine tat. I mean, like, down to the minute of your birth. That's, like, takes a lot of work, I gather. But how much better would it be if you don't need to figure out where Uranus was or whatever? <laughs> Pun intended, sorry. <laughs> what about if you could just get straight in there with a colonoscopy? Like, it's all done for you. You just need to take a look. So you can know your future for the small price of having a section of your inner bowel, your small bowel removed. No, 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 that's not how colors they do these in hospitals, dude. With living people, there's no surgery. There's Wait. a camera on the oh, end of a colonoscopy. Tube. I got confused. I, I thought of the uh, the one where they remove a section of your, your intestine. No, no, we're not talking appendectomies or whatever. Like, like there's no right. ectomy involved. <laughs> Nothing is removed. They just get a camera on the end of a tube and they uh, poke it up there. This and makes more sense. You can go in either end, depending. Well, if you wanted to see the future or the past, presumably. Right. I see that you had cornflakes for breakfast this morning and you weren't supposed to. We told you not to eat for 12 hours. Your future's bad. I'm sorry. Your past is bad too. Get out of my hospital. Slash future telling room. I see that you have a slight buildup of fat uh, in your intestine. I predict that you're going to have bowel cancer. (laughs) Suddenly this is less about like conventional fortune telling and more about like prognosis. This is just medicine. (laughs) It is essentially that's what we've invented, huh? Uh-huh. Okay, maybe that's not great, but I do think there is there are many mysteries to be unravelled in the human body. Mm. So I mean, like palm reading is a thing, right? Because there's these handy lines on there; they must mean something, right? Yeah. But what about other body parts? What about more disposable? What about nail clippings? Oh yeah. Hair, right? Trim it off, burn it. Look at the pictures it makes in the smoke, whatever. Yeah, and w- would it be specific to the person whose toenails it was, or, or would it just be like someone could provide a stock? That so you could have toenail banks. Yeah, because there are people yeah. who collect collect them already. Are there? I I knew a guy who collected his own toenail clippings. Was that because um, he was scared of people doing magic with them? No, he he just wanted them. He kept them in. You know, one of those old um, uh, containers for film, camera film, the little black uh, oh yeah, yeah cylinders. He kept it in that. 
They're ideal. The lightweight you can get on them. They'll be completely undamaged. <laughs> that's ideal. But uh, do you know anyone who collects other people's? No, no, I think that's a step too far. Okay, well, I mean, not in, you know, the future. Well, no, so, the future's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to find out about it using fingernails. Yes. But blood tests, right? They already tell your future vis-a-vis iron deficiencies and diabetes and things. But also, <laughs> what else is in there? Blood's important, right? It was one of the four humours or whatever, mm-hmm. like before they didn't know what medicine oh, was. Oh, when you, when you blow your nose, um, just, just get some used tissues. Yeah, take a look at those. The patterns are probably significant in some way. Maybe the colour. Yeah, yeah. Are there any hairs trapped in there? Maybe. <laughs> probably means something. You're going to book. buy a nose trimmer. <laughs> <laughs> at least you should. <laughs> tip from the future. Um, <laughs> that's how the future talks. There's a book <laughs> called <laughs> There's a book called Machine of Death that I haven't read, but I've heard the pitch for, and it sounds great. And it's a collection of short stories, and the, the premise is very, very simple. Um, there is a machine, and it's like a like a sideshow carnival machine, but it's like a vent, simple vending machine, or, or like, you know, one of those you put, like, you put a quarter in or whatever it would be in this country? Yeah. Probably a pound, let's be honest. These things are expensive. Um, and then, like, a puppet comes to life and, like, gives you a future on a little slip of paper, except what this is, is it's the machine of death. So you put your finger in a little hole, and it gets pricked by a needle or whatever, it takes a little blood Ooh, sample, that, that's, and then... That's a good way to transmit diseases. I know, and then and then the machine just says you have AIDS now, you're going to die of AIDS, and then it's always correct. <laughs> every no. time. Every Jesus. time. Listen, it uses a fresh needle every I don't know how this machine works, but the point is it prints out a little slip of paper that tells you with unerring accuracy how you will die, but the twist is that much like a genie or a monkey's paw or whatever, it has a twisted sense of humour. So the machine will say something like, old age, that's all you get. And if you do it again, it just says old age every time. And you're like, haha, that's hilarious. I can do what I want. I'm indestructible until I'm old. And then yeah. the next day, like an old man falls out of a window and squashes you. <laughs> right? Okay. So, yeah. but blood is the point. Like, there's magic in there. Yeah, that's true. Um, mine are all a bit more silly. <laughs> more silly than this. Okay, I'm easy yeah. to hear them. So, um, in, in this modern day and age, we've got a lot more regulations on what you can and can't do with animals. Um, animal mm. testing in terms of cosmetics has gone way down, uh, which is a good thing, obviously. Um, I, so I instead of sacrificing real animals, you sacrifice stuffed animals, and you pull out oh. the the foam inside them, and you just kind of throw it, and uh, and, you, and you see what it tells you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so just literally that fluff. Yeah. Uh, equally, um, uh, you know, you, you used to read like uh, tea leaves. Yeah, well, tea's old hat. No, no one drinks tea anymore. Every, all the all the no, youths God, are drinking no. energy drinks. Um, oh, that is true. So, so you you just uh, you know you can never quite get the last bit of energy drink out of the can. Always, it's the it's the curse. It's a curse. So you just shine a little torch in there, and you see what shape the energy drink stain is in. Um, what kind of like insanely low budget future telling <laughs> enterprise is this? Where it's like, all right, buddies, just hand me the can. Let me, let me have a little look in the. Oh, my torch is out of batteries. It's fine. I can see what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it says here you're gonna make a wise investment. And on that note, I've got a bridge <laughs> I'm looking to sell. A bridge. Yeah, I don't know. What is it like? Scam artist trying to sell you? No, it's bridges. Definitely bridges. Definitely bridges. Famous landmarks they don't own, slices of the moon. Talking of kind of shady, uh, shady businessmen in the world of fortune telling, I think quite mm. a good one would be uh, telling the fortune from someone's bank details. <laughs> <laughs> so like a do... numerology type thing, like your yeah, lucky you... numbers are. What was your bank number again? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. So you just give them your account number, uh, your sort code, yeah. and, and the, the number of your card, and, and the pin uh, number. That's yeah, the most important. And, one, and the, the pin crux. number, obviously. And then they take your card away for a while and, and kind of. Go into a back room with it and do some well, mystical stuff. They have to cleanse stuff. it, of course. Yeah, got to cleanse, cleanse out the bad energy. Mm. And then they uh, they come back and they say, uh, you'll be in for a, a nasty surprise in the near future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would work. And they would be eerily accurate, like just scarily mm. on point. Yeah, every time. I like it. So it'd be good value for money. I mean, it would be terrible value for money, but... <laughs> well, that's true. It would make a good story, I guess. What's the opposite of a windfall? That's what you get every time. An earth rise. Yeah, you get an Earthrise every time. <laughs> you know the sunrise? It's like that. Yeah, but worse. But worse. And you have no money now. <laughs> I like the drink thing, though. Modern drinks. You could do the foam on the edge of a beer glass. Oh, oh yeah, or like, um, I don't know, something to do with Costa. They're a faceless corporation. I don't know what you do. 
Okay, Starbucks employees, people are always riffing on them because they spell their names wrong on the side of the cups. Yeah. So it would be whatever unintelligible scrawl, <laughs> right? You take that to the mystic and they'd be like, ah, yes, I see from the fact that they've inserted an R that shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> that you, salary, <laughs> will shortly be, you know, experiencing family troubles or whatever. Or you just get a Costa employee and you uh, rip out their entrails. If you had kind of every famous scientist from history and modern day, uh, but if they had had powers which were associated with their discoveries. Now, powers of insight? Uh, kind of. Powers of observation? <laughs> powers more like physical powers. For example, Nikola Tesla would have electricity arcing from his hands. Oh, of course. So if you had this and you were to have all the scientists fight each other, who would win? And what would these powers be that they would have? Oh, I love this. Yeah, so oh, I just mentioned Tesla, um, mm -hmm. famous Strong for, for the electricity, of course. Um, mm. So he just kind of shoot electricity at people. That's a pretty strong move, I'd say. Very, very strong. Now, he was he was feuding and fighting with Edison, I seem to exactly. be the other electricity guy. Yeah, well, let me get on to Edison. Uh, so right. Edison, he, he might have some electricity, but what he would also have is the ability, a bit like um, if you've ever seen Heroes, the character Sylar, the ability to mm. steal other people's powers and, and make them a little bit different. Oh, posthumous roasting of Thomas Edison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he gets. He was a bit of an ideas thief from what I understand. Yeah, so maybe whoever he's fighting, he just kind of steals their power. The last person he oh, touches, man. he just takes it. And Tesla just hates him so much, yeah. arch rivals. Yeah, so they're like, they're like battling out in the middle of all this. Um, I like that. Mary Curie's yeah. on the sidelines, of course, with with her <laughs> radiation powers. Just glowing. Yeah. And poisoning everyone slowly. She's green um, from all the Naturally. neutrons. <laughs> Quite so. But then there'd, there'd be some who are kind of woefully uh, underpowered. <laughs> for example, Pavlov. Um, Ivan yeah. Pavlov, famous for his experiments Ooh. with dogs, would just have... The thing is, don't sell him too short. What what do you, what do you got? For well, him? he would just have two two dogs, <laughs> and they would be drooling. <laughs> Why just two though? Oh, okay, maybe like, he'd, have, he'd have like a whole horde of dogs, but he could. Suck. Yeah, the man could train an army of dogs. <laughs> I feel like psychologists might be scarily strong in this. Like, depending, Pavlov was all about unconsciously getting people to make a response to a stimulus that doesn't really like directly correlate. Oh, that's true. So that's true. mind control. He could like right? yeah, ring a bell, and suddenly everyone is. Uncontrollably <laughs> salivating. Yeah, just drool, drool, drowning in their own drool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrifying. It would be like, you know, round one fight, and then the bell rings, and I just, oh, oh, God, oh what is happening? Tesla, Tesla foaming at the mouth, shooting electricity, and roasting all these dogs. <laughs> God. That would be... Are they all fighting at once? Is this like a, yeah, like yeah. a showdown scenario? It's like a rumble oh, okay. arena. Oh, my word. Um, e okay. Equally, on, on a, an animal theme... Um, mm. Schrodinger uh, oh, of Schrodinger's God. cat. Um, <laughs> Cats just popping in and out of existence. <laughs> exactly. Are they dead? You don't know. Have a look. Maybe. Or perhaps um, the thing is, he just carries on fighting, and right. and you might like stab him. You might shoot him with electricity, but you never know oh. he's dead uh, until the end of the match. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Maybe he's invisible for the entire match, and then at the end of the match, <laughs> you can see him, and you know whether he's alive or dead. Oh, he's in that box that, like, Solid Snake uses to sneak around. <laughs> I don't know, sorry, that's such a stupid image. But, you know, the box was kind of crucial. Until you open the box, you don't know if he's alive or dead. Yeah. So he's just in a box. <laughs> Everyone kind of that's ignores great. him. Yeah, <laughs> but he might be fine. You he know. might be fine. Check him out later. <laughs> what? Okay, what about... Um, I don't know who else you've got. I feel like physicists and chemists get a really good deal out of this. I'm not so sure about biologists. I mean, is there some kind of guy who discovered magnetism? I don't really know. Um, probably. I, I can't uh, can't remember that one. Well, I mean, I'm pouring one out for, you know, our homie, the magneto <laughs> of the past. <laughs> Whoever uh, he was. Yeah, but I've got I've got I've got quite a lot more to be honest. I'll just oh, I'll just rattle through them. Uh, yeah, yeah. there's Nobel. Famous for his peace prize, but also mm. less well known for having invented dynamite. Um, <laughs> so he's just like a crazy, crazy cowboy <laughs> with sticks of dynamite everywhere. 
Yeah, he's like Yosemite Sam or whatever, <laughs> just hurling dynamite and, you know, cackling to himself under his 10-gallon hat. Yeah. Uh, like then there's psychologists, um, like Freud. <laughs> oh my god. You could argue with whether mother. he is a psychologist, but um, that, that would be a very dark uh, power that he would have. <sighs> yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone yeah. suddenly starts uh, getting a little bit um, risky. Yeah, it would be... Oh boy. Uh, but it would be, I think for me, it would be a question of whether they show up, whether he shows up with your parents. Oh, God. Oh, that, God. that determines how dark this goes. <laughs> but he might get you in dreams or something. He, he was big oh, on the subconscious, yeah. right? He'd like... So like a Freddy Krueger type scenario. Yeah, that'd be creepy. Freud. I don't know if that was more Carl Young. Freud I'm showing my ignorance. Mm, scary. But then you've got um, people like Stephen Hawking. So like modern day, uh, we're getting into here. Oh, Iron Man wheelchair. Oh, yeah, obviously. Right? Yeah. yeah, like in every Robot Chicken or Simpsons episode he's in or whatever, the wheelchair can fly, it fires rockets. And he can just um, make small black holes. Oh, yeah. That's his thing, Hawking radiation. Just... And Big Bangs? No, that was someone else. That was someone else. I don't know who that was. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, would they be fine as well? Just Yeah, explain. just stick it. <laughs> That's how the match starts. Um, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> right, that work here is done. <laughs> Dust off. But actually, they and Stephen Hawking could have a really like good fight, right? Oh, yeah. they, their powers would kind of annihilate. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Well, we haven't yet got someone who's uh, discovered wormholes properly. But once we do, then we'll have... Oh, teleportation. No, right? Just talk about. popping around. Uh, Watson and Crick would have powers of uh, racism. <laughs> I, I do not know who these people are. Watson and Crick are the guys who um, uh, discovered the structure of DNA with a little help. Oh. From, um, oh no, this is terrible, I've forgotten her name. This is terrible. Because she was the person who actually kind of mostly discovered DNA and they just kind of stole all her, her credit. Oh no, how could you as a, as a biology graduate I know, I know, forget this? I know, oh no. But, but the whole thing with the, these guys is that, um, yeah, I think Watson all Crick, one of them was, uh, kind of um, got stripped of a lot of his, his prizes and stuff because he's just... Because he was doping during his cycle races. No, he's just, he's just really quite, quite racist. Oh, <laughs> so that would be his power. Oh <laughs> so, did they apply this like knowledge of DNA to like, aha, and that's why these specific people are stupider than us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I remember her name, Rosalind Franklin. So, uh, my idea was that uh, Rosalind, Rosalind Franklin uh, is fighting all the way through the match, and Watson and Crick are nowhere to be found. Then, at the end, <laughs> if she wins, they show up. <laughs> They're just like, ah, oh, we won, <laughs> <laughs> and they get the they prize. Just get the finishing punch, and then, all right, good, good work. They high five, leave her in the dust. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Then there's Newton. Obviously, he just throws apples at people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Newton's greatest contribution to science or maths was apples. Yeah, obviously he invented apples. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know. Oh, now this is you know tangentially related. But um, what was the guy? No, Mendeleev was the periodic table guy. Yeah, so he would presumably just have control of all elements, which is terrifying. That would be quite um, uh, quite overpowering. Or possibly just their categorization. I don't know. Maybe just like spreadsheets. Or maybe he just have but, a really uh, big table which he hits people with. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> and I, in my mind, he's making terrible puns somehow. He'll be like, I win! Period! And then he hits you with the periodic table. Um, uh, oh, my idea for the setting of this, you know, in, in the wrestling, they have like the cage. Yes. Uh, it, it would take place in the Faraday cage. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And and so he would be like the uh, the referee or whatever. He, he'd be like the ringmaster, yeah, the... Yeah, he'd arbitrate. He'd be, he'd be com master. commentator on it all. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's got a whip, huge moustache, top hat. Yep. Um, I didn't actually mean the periodic table guy. Who's the, the chap who used to breed um, peas? Oh, uh, Mendel. Mendel. You were very Mendel close. Mendelev. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're interchangeable. Um, yeah, I feel like biologists like that kind of get shafted because... He can grow peas. <laughs> I mean, good work, right? And he can make some of them bigger, and maybe like you get flowers of this color if you breed these strings together. But how does that help you in a combat? Scenario? Maybe what he does is he he um he can like a bit like when Jack plants the beans of the giant beanstalk. Oh, he like God, plants these things and they like surge out of the ground, right? And, like a poison ivy type deal. Yeah, and he has lots of different types, and when you breed them together, they they create different new combinations. Oh god, he's just he's got pouches around his belt, he's like he's throwing down peas of different types yeah, yeah. and they're just Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, that's good, Spray actually. Spray pollen I, everywhere. <laughs> maybe there's more to this biology thing than I thought. What other biologists do I know, though? Um, you should know, right? I should. There, there's B.F. Skinner, who's kind of biologist, but more behaviour. Um, he, he did the, the Skinner box. It's like when you put rats in a box and they press levers to get different food. Uh, oh, he invented that box? Yeah, he invented the box. Um, wow. So he just had... I don't know. <laughs> maybe he'd be another um, He'd be another person who has a, his own arena. So it'd be in a Skinner mm. box. And if you press different levers, different things happen. He would be like the evil mastermind that you like. You wake up and he's like, aha, would you like to play a game? And, <laughs> you know, you're in his, uh, his, in insane, his, his insane box. Contraption. And you get like shots yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I feel like some of them really work with their own their own environment mm. i i'm thinking like darwin right yeah anyone evolution based like what is his he used he observed beaks on birds finches or whatever it was uh, um yes yeah he did so what what powers does he get well he could just evolve himself right oh, he himself so <laughs> just in, like mutate. in response to the situation like whatever powers right. someone's using against him he like if someone's shooting oh, him with electricity God. he evolves to be conductive <laughs> of course, that's the wor- That's such a wishy-washy power, though. Isn't there an <laughs> X Man who has that? It's like, hey, yeah. So I like, you know, I'm made of stone or what? I don't really know X Man. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> I, I control magnets, whatever. Right? I can see into people's minds. What's your deal? Oh, I evolved to suit any situation. <laughs> like, watch this. Stick your head in a fish tank. He gets gills or whatever. Just mm. like you punch him, he turns to stone. You can't beat that. Like, I don't know how they ever write, like, a death for this character. Yeah, Presumably they have. Like, we're going to get angry emails, but... It's a bit like Sandman um, in, in, in Spider-Man. Like, it's just like, I'm made of sand, you can't kill me. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm sand. <laughs> what are you going to do? I evolve. I'm fine. I don't need that liver you just stabbed me in. Yeah, maybe he... Like, it, maybe it's not an evolution. Well, it has to be evolution, but maybe it's not that kind of thing. Hmm. Maybe he can... Maybe uh, each successive Darwin is stronger than the last. Ooh. Right? However you defeat him, comes back he comes back. Yeah, because there's so many of them, right? <laughs> He's like a swarm. <laughs> they keep breeding. Yeah. Well, st- He's like the Agent Smith. <laughs> you start off just fighting a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a monkey. It's a common ancestor of both us and monkeys. I know, but I'm wrong. simplifying for the audience, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you scientists, you're full of liars. All right, listen. Have you, have you got more scientists? Uh, I'm running out, to be honest. <laughs> If you've got any more, hit me. If not, I want to talk philosophy. Uh, I've got Louis Pasteur, so he just throws milk at people. <laughs> <laughs> did he invent pasteurization? He did, yeah. <laughs> so he's very safe from microbes. Yeah. He is not getting infected. No, he's fine. <laughs> Would his thing just be like immunity then, or just dairy products? Just, just dairy just products. Safe dairy. I like that. <laughs> it's solid. He'd do very well among all the explosions and the lightning and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right what about uh i feel there's so many like astronomers and stuff though right like galileo oh yeah he just had an understanding of the solar system i don't know what exactly that translates into he's really good at annoying popes <laughs> oh um was it galileo who dropped uh like different sized um like oh, balls off i think a, that's a apocryphal but yeah why not who was that so he just, he, I think it was apocryphal. Oh, was it? Like, well, not real. I think. Oh, I, I see. I thought, for a minute, I thought there was a guy called Apocryphal. <laughs> I was like, that'd be a great superhero name as a scientist. God, wouldn't it, though? No, he's like their nemesis of all of them. He's a spreader of misinformation and, you know, like bad science, pseudoscience and stuff. Like, no, it's Apocryphal. And arise, like, in a swarm of, like, poorly edited wiki entries. Oh, and... you could have, um... He could have uh, his like minions could be anomalous result. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So anomalous and um... <laughs> <laughs> and poor understanding of statistics. <laughs> yeah. Poor materials and methods section. <laughs> Layman <laughs> doesn't understand. He always has like, to explain everything. To it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, it works like that. Okay, you won't understand that. Listen, it's like kind of. Uh, oh god! Just go. Just do the thing. <laughs> Or maybe Layman actually works for the scientists and he's like their translator to speak to normal people. Oh, right. Yeah, because they would be as gods in this scenario. Mm. So he'd be their go-between. Yeah, he'd be the, the prophet. Yeah, maybe. So, so do you have you have an idea for, for not scientists but something else, don't you? Well, I like, I'd like this to extend to philosophers and like realistically what I remember from A-level philosophy isn't that much. Okay. But 
I feel like philosophers could take scientists any day because, you know, a scientist is concerned with like peas or whatever. A philosopher is concerned with the base state of existence. So I feel like you make Rene Descartes, right? Like father of modern philosophy. Yeah. You give him powers related to his ideologies and he obviously coined the famous phrase, I think therefore I am. Mm. He has power over existence. Right? Fundamentally, right. his thing was solipsism. Like, the only thing he was certain of was that he existed because someone was doing the thinking. Yeah. And so that's it. He just wins. No one else exists. Well, hang on, though, because what if um, his his major flaw is that he always has to continue thinking? And if he ever stops, just like, if he gets distracted oh, and is just <laughs> blank in his mind, he stops existing. <laughs> so he's just in the corner, just like, no, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. He just he has to think about philosophical concepts all the time, and while he does it, he is like godlike powers. But as soon as anyone like distracts him, like if one of the dogs right. comes and bites him on the leg, he's screwed. <laughs> he's gone. So he just he has to think really deep, and the deeper he thinks, the stronger he is. Yeah, yeah. But if he gets yeah, he's he can't like multitask. <laughs> I like that. That's really good, actually. Well, you've also got um got there's so many. There are various skeptics, so I guess it'd be similar. But um, I like I like um. Not Aristotle, Socrates, right? Father of the Socratic method, yep. which is basically asking questions until you figure stuff out. But I gather his specific spin on it was <laughs> sitting in a town square um, in ancient Greece. Was it ancient Athens? It was. Anyway, yeah. ancient Greece. There we go, right? And his deal was just, <laughs> hey, I left my family and my life behind, and my deal is I'm just going to challenge people on their beliefs. <laughs> And like, hey, you, I bet you think justice, justice exists, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> and then, you know, he just like heckle people in the street and dismantle their beliefs because he was smarter than them, mm. which is kind of like intellectual bullying, I guess. Or, you know, a heroic endeavor to uh, broaden mankind's uh, <laughs> knowledge base, depending how you spin it. But I just like the idea that he would win through just sheer annoyance. But I you know, like, I think he'd, he'd be he'd be good. I think another way, way he'd, he'd be good is is that he would grow his his following as as mm. the the match progressed because of all his converts. Oh, yeah. You know, like Plato. Um, I forget the yeah. others. But but he but he he did have people defending him right when they made him drink the um what was the poison they gave him this type um, of leaf I forget nightshade maybe yeah was it I don't know. Anyway, he had like a crowd of acolytes. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, he had a following. Yeah, but his his fatal um his downfall would be Hemlock. That he wants Hemlock. to make all the scientists uh look stupid, um but they're all really <laughs> intelligent. So he's just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in all strong. He's like, huh, you fools! I bet you've never even considered that. And they're like, yeah, that was in my like one man. That was page one of my report. Did you read it? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I knew that. He's like, uh. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I like invented reports. Don't even don't come at me. Unless, unless his super is just doubt. He instills doubt in people. That is what I was thinking. Yeah. So like you know, uh, whoever in like some aerospace engine. No, the Wright brothers, right? They they come in and they're just levitating because right? they invented human flight. <laughs> so they're just like, haha, raining death from above. And he's like, yeah, but think about it. Does gravity even exist? Like, how would you know, right? <laughs> And then they're just so overcome by the doubt of it that they plummet to their deaths. Who is who is the um the philosopher who said that if you shoot an arrow at a a tortoise while it's oh, moving yeah. away, it will never hit it. Zeno's paradox. Zeno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can have some, sure. you could have something with that. <laughs> That'd be so good. He'd he'd be an archer, right? Yeah, he'd yeah. Fire an arrows the whole time. They'd never hit anyone. It'd be, <laughs> It'd be terrible. <laughs> but he has a tortoise, and it's functionally immortal. That's he can true. never strike this thing at any speed. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you could never hit him as well. Oh, yeah, he just runs. As long as he keeps moving, doesn't matter how fast, yeah, he's fine. he's fine. He's not the fastest man alive, he's just unreachable. As soon as he stops moving, then he's vulnerable. But if you just keep moving, then he's like, he's always yeah. just out of your reach. He'd be like an awful version of the Flash. Yeah. Just like so annoying. You'd reach out to grab him and just be like, oh, <laughs> But he's moving at normal speed, God. so it's just like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just for some reason you can never like you have to get half the distance there and then half the distance again and then and you just never quite. <laughs> but he's there. shooting all these arrows and they never hit anyone. <laughs> he's just there. He doesn't do anything. Slowing down. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea that it, they'd all be perfectly balanced just through their own like insane weaknesses somehow. Like you know, all their strengths being cancelled out by each other, just toiling endlessly. Oh god, you have a fight. I don't know who would win ultimately. Um, who, who would I bet on? I don't, I don't know. It's not going to be anyone like Pavlov or Nobel. They're, they're out of it. They're, they're a bit too uh, 
a bit too normal. I'm still not sold on peas. To be <laughs> I don't think peas would win. <laughs> I, I very much doubt that pasteurised milk Mental, is a winning sorry. strategy in this scenario. Yeah, also true. I think it would probably be some outlier that we haven't even considered because they're not like a, you know, one of the first names you think of. Or no, I know who would win. It would be someone who wins through populism. It would be Bill Nye, the science guy, or it would be Carl Sagan. Yeah. Or of course, the one person we haven't Tyson. mentioned is, of course, Einstein. Uh, oh God, Einstein! What's his deal? Uh, he just dropped atomic bombs. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 no. That's pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> who was it, the guy who, um, um, he's quoted as saying, I am become death, destroyer of worlds, uh, having finalised the atom bomb. Oh, I did. For, like, leading that project. Did he actually say I, that? Yes, yeah, 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 there's someone. Oh, God, I, I have to look it up. Yeah, it was, um, it was J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oh. And, uh, yeah, he was an American theoretical physicist, and he worked in the Los Alamos laboratory and they call him the father of the atomic bomb wow. for his role in the Manhattan Project and he is quoted as saying when they completed the bomb, I am become death destroyer of worlds. What an and I I don't think you can top that. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, his, I mean, his special power is he becomes death. Right, and that's it. There's no everything there's no explodes. <laughs> the entire arena's gone. Of worlds. The world's yeah. gone. Goodbye. The spectators with their popcorn and their yeah. foam hands. Unless, number one. unless Socrates can instill a moment of doubt in him. <laughs> and then they just, or just, or it could all end in a paradox. You know, one of those unsolvable yeah. ancient Greek things. Probably Zeno would cause it. <laughs> someone, yeah, someone like Zeno. I, I feel we've 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 also um, I didn't do Newton justice because he could control gravity in this scenario. Ah, oh, he would be exactly the guy you'd want uh, in the scenario we talked about. With exactly. Maybe working. it's because of Newton. It's the fallout from this fight that uh, gravity has gone for people. <laughs> we finally, like, we pushed Newton too far. He's been clement. <laughs> He's been lenient. He's put up with a lot. He took the apple jokes for, for <laughs> decades. Centuries. I don't know when he lived. <laughs> and he's finally had enough. Decades. And the apples will be the first to go. Oh, they'll be gone. There'll be five straight yeah. out into space. <laughs> Just straight through the ceiling of that Sainsbury's. That thing's never going to be space-worthy. Oh, yeah, that's true. All it's the supermarkets are ruined. <laughs> How will humanity survive? Oh, it's coming off, though. Yeah, it's walking off. Oh, that's so much fun. It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't oh, sweat at all. That is so massive. I've only been sick like two times in the last minute. It's <laughs> Don't okay. Do not. I, I wouldn't have thought oh, that fur is supposed to be like that black from, from, from you know, a brown no, animal. It didn't used to be. Oh, we should not have. How long has it. <laughs> we forgot about him, man. How long has it been? I don't know. It's been a while, hasn't it? Because when did he good. get out? He got out a, a month or two ago. Oh, he must have been up just, there for that long. It's, yeah, just stuck it. Uh, should we bring him inside? Yeah, come on. It's come cold. On, oh. He's fine, though. He's moving. Oh, okay. well, what do you he want? He is twitching. Put him under the, yeah. the, the heat lamp in. There we go. Yeah, classic. Oh, is that nice? Warm him up. Oh, oh he likes that. Moving his little legs. Sweet. Let's pop, pop him into this thing, though. We don't want him like running off, right? Get him in the sand. Yeah, okay. In, in you go. Okay. Oh. There. Go here, get your water bottle. Ah. Oh. Look at this, he's moving, look, he's getting into his wheel. Yeah, running around. Look at him go. Going round. What a good little hype. So, that was the Hypotheticals podcast. If you enjoyed that, feel free to follow us on Twitter at Hypotheticals. That's Hypotheticals without the R for, uh, for reasons. Uh, if you want to follow us individually, uh, if the inclination takes you, I am at Rain Tortoise. That's Rain, the weather phenomenon, and Tortoise, the animal with a shell. And I am a lot cooler, and I am at Mr. Howl. That's M-R-H-O-W-L. And with any luck, as this episode comes out, we will just be getting listed on iTunes. So if you'd like to leave us a review, that would be incredible. Our exposure as a new podcast on there is likely to have a sort of limited time frame. So we would really, really love it if you could just take a second. And if you'd like to give us some stars, please. We love stars. See you next time. Bye. Andy's wandered away from the mic for a minute, but I had another
another idea for the little segment we did on uh, fortune telling for the 21st century and I have to get it out there, it's the best idea. Listen, you know the way astrologers have been using stars and their relative positions to predict the future for thousands of years. Well, in today's fame and celebrity obsessed world, I feel like we have a rich new pool of information to dip into. And I gather they've recently revised um, the astrological star charts, actually. So the whole thing has probably been thrown out of whack and it's a bit of a farce, frankly. Time for a bold new direction, I say, we start predicting the future using the positions of Hollywood stars, right? Think about it. You could use you could use their positions in space. You could trace their positions on some sort of fame map. Or, or I want I want to see I want to see uh, fortune tellers using tarot cards that are really just tiny reprints of covers from gossip magazines. I think it'd be great. All right, just wanted to share that with you. Uh, cheers. Bye for now.